how many of you are out there and you're like, I'm done with dating. Girl, I totally feel you. Once upon a time, that was me. And I was single and in my 20s and I just was tired. (laughs) I was tired of the dating game. It is so exhausting. It's like another sport that you're dealing with. And instead of being frustrated and upset and sad and crying because he didn't text me back, I decided I was going to control my own life and not let that be the primary influence and not let that be what revolved my conversations with my girlfriends and not let that be the pinnacle of my existence. No, no, no. We are not here on this planet just to meet a guy and buy a wedding dress. Like there's so many other things that we can do. And that is what I want to talk about today because you're in a dating slump. Things aren't going your way. You're not meeting Mr. Right. There's a pandemic. You don't want to go on social distancing dates. That sounds crazy. Um, But you're just exhausted and you're like, this sucks. What do I do? Because I can't date right now. What do I focus on? Enter Kelly Hall because there's a huge misunderstanding that when life's not going your way in dating, nothing is going your way and not true. Lots of things have been coming your way. I feel like I was the most productive when I was single because I just like did it. I did all the things. And I want to get into five things for you to be focusing on right now when dating is not going your way. So being single is great. You are being rewarded with time and money and resources and relationships and things that you wouldn't typically focus on had you been in a relationship. That's a beautiful thing. You know, relationships really change things. Maybe there's a reason why you haven't met Mr. Right because you're supposed to explore XYZ or do, you know, FJK. Who knows? But there's probably a reason. And looking back now on the last five years, you know, two years ago I met Austin, but three years before that I was like full-fledged, going knee-deep in all my personal projects, and that really established the person that I am today during that time. So let's get right into it. I think these five things are easy things for you to write in your journal, write in a post-it note, throw it on your mirror and really start course correcting your actions right now because you're down in the dumps and frustrated, but there are ways to offset that frustration and start taking control of your own life. Let's dive in, guys. What's up, world? It's Kelly Hall. And I truly kind of feel like at this point, like you guys are like my friends, even though I'm not seeing you all, I'm not like there physically staring into your soul. Everyone that responds to the podcast Instagram or responds to me on Instagram or comments or sends feedback, like it just touches my soul so much. And one of the biggest requests is relationship advice. And I think that this is so funny because – like I'm not perfect in relationships whatsoever. I actually just had a conversation with Austin on Saturday because I was just being like a complete brat, to be honest. I was like, I was sitting at a pool and studying for this huge exam I had. 
And I got mad at him for like not asking the right questions. I was like, I already know that. You need to ask something else. And he was like, Kelly, I don't know what you know. Like, I'm just trying to help. And I was like, you need to ask better questions. And then like an hour later, I was like, I'm really sorry for the person I'm being right now. And him just being such a little angel. He forgives me. I don't know why, but um, that just goes to show like I'm I'm not perfect at navigating relationships. But there are so many things I feel like I've experienced in my quick little 28 years of life. And my dating adventure was a big chapter. I mean, like a really big chapter. And when I say dating adventure, I'm like, I'm still technically dating because Austin's my boyfriend and we're not married and we don't have children. And that's a whole nother chapter and in podcast seasons to come. But I just like sat back and evaluated all of these different chapters. I mean, I feel like if there was a cliche, I probably owned it. So for example, in high school, I had a high school sweetheart and we dated for two plus years but we were like the notebook, you know, so obsessed with each other. He was my neighbor. We were on the cross country team together and like everything that you could picture for a high school sweetheart, like that was it. And then we go off to college, me going to the Naval Academy. I was like, he's my forever. And my mom was like, okay, you know, you're about to enter the Navy and have like a life changing, altering experience, you know, and he's going to have to be patient with that. Well, she was exactly right. I only made it like one semester into the Naval Academy before we broke up. But then, you know, and then I met like my first Naval Academy boyfriend. We dated for a second. And then um, I had a college sweetheart. And I was like, love of my life. We're going to get married. You know, but what do you know at 21? nothing. So I went through that phase of like being super committed and like, this is my person. And we did long distance together. So like that was another chapter that a lot of people, like if you've been through long distance, like you get it. It's super tough. It's really hard. And then I entered my single years at the midst of my 20s. I was like 20 four through 27 ish or 23 through 27 ish around there when I was single. And I tell you like being single during that part of your life, that is like what I'm speaking to here. That is the audience. Um, but also like those of you who are in your thirties or like, things are just not panning out the way that you expected. Right. Well, that was kind of me. You know, what did I say? I, like, I thought my high school sweetheart was like the one. And then I thought my college sweetheart was like it. And they weren't. You know, every single time we broke up and I was like, wait, what? Like, I totally thought this person was like my person. And that's what we all think. You know, we think, oh, I'm I'm 23 any day now. Like, he's going to walk through my front door and I'm going to find Mr. Right. And then you hit 25 and you're like, wait a second. I still haven't met anyone. And then you hit 28 and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on, life. Like you're supposed to be throwing Mr. Right on my front door like an Amazon package. That hasn't happened either. So we keep trying to make that like the number one priority in our life. Relationships, guys, dating, dating, dating. Like that is it. That's all that matters. Well, huge misunderstanding, friends. It's not all that matters. It is important. It is very important. I'll admit it. 
I really love Austin. So I'm so happy that I dated and, you know, I, I made myself available today. But there was a whole chapter of my life when I was single in my 20s. And I am so thankful I utilized that to kind of evolve as an individual, evolve in my identity to really clarify who I was, what I wanted to do, to do the experiences and do all of the things. I'm not talking like girls gone wild. I'm talking about like self-reflection, folks. And I did all of the things because I knew eventually that would pay off either in a relationship or not, just me as an individual. This is exactly what I want to talk about today. Long-winded intro, but I felt like it was appropriate here. So I want to get into five things to focus on when maybe dating isn't going your way. Either you just broke up with someone or someone just broke up with you or you just got ghosted or you started talking to a guy and six months later, like things really aren't as exciting as you thought that they were um, or just anything in le- whatever in your early 20s, you're in college, you're in your late 20s or your 30s, whatever it is, there's this whole other part of your life that you can be focusing on. And I do know dating is important, but there's also a whole list of other things, five things, which I'll give you now, of things you can make a priority as well. So first things first of my five things to do is something scary. Okay, so you can define this in your own way. The way that I would define doing something scary is, you know, doing an experience you have never done before, doing something that is very uncharacteristic, doing something that's completely new, doing something that's challenging, doing something completely off the wall, never done before, you've never even thought about. And you're just diving into it. So for me, when I was 24 and fresh out of a relationship, I got sent to Columbus, Ohio on orders with the Navy. Impeccable timing, getting out of a relationship and moving. Um, But what happens when you're in a relationship for so long or, you know, when you're just pining and pining and pining after guys is you're afraid of what they might think, you know? And like for me in that case – that was this the the case of my ex. Like he just was really outspoken. He said what he didn't like. He thought things were stupid or dumb. And so I just didn't do them. I was like, yeah, maybe you're right. Okay, cool. And so then all of a sudden when I'm single and I'm not listening to the opinions of others and I don't have this person who is supposed to be there for you chiming in my ear saying like, no, that's wrong – all of a sudden you have this clear mind and this clear space and you're like, wait a second, why? Why is that wrong? Why shouldn't I do this scary thing? What's so wrong with doing X, Y, and Z? For me, that was when I, you know, I was in that process of moving to Ohio and I saw the commercial for Miss America on TV. And, you know, this was four and a half years ago now. And I remember thinking like, my initial reaction was like, that's crazy. And it was because he kept telling me that for so long. Like, you know, it is crazy. It's crazy to do a pageant or it's crazy to do a modeling or like influencers on Instagram are so annoying. Like those were the things he was saying to me. 
And I was kind of like, okay, you know, I just believed it and I didn't challenge it. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting alone by myself in my own space, focusing on my life, recentering. And I'm like, why? Why is that so weird? And so it piqued my interest and I kind of suppressed that initial thought of like, whoa, that's crazy. And then I started thinking about it and I actually watched Miss America that evening. And as I was watching, this was in 2016 when Savvy Shields won Miss America. Shout out to Savvy. She's the best. I just started thinking, I'm like, wow, I could really do that. And it would be kind of crazy, but also kind of awesome. <laughs> like When I thought about all the reasons I should versus shouldn't compete in a pageant, I was like, I think I'm going to get more out of this experience than I would had I not done it. And so I went online and I Googled it and the upcoming pageant was Miss Ohio USA in 2016. And part of it was swimsuit and by golly, had I been with my ex, like that would have absolutely been out of the question. I could never have stood on stage in a bikini without him having something to say about it. But me being alone, I was like, I'm okay with this actually. Like I actually find it super empowering to go on stage. Like I'm confident. And so I did it and I dove into the most life altering experience for me. And you guys have talked, I've talked about this millions of times over pageantry and what it did for me. And I still don't even classify myself as a pageant girl. I just like participated in pageants, but it was the transformation of pageantry, which is what made me who I am today. Because it was all about self-reflection. It was all about why you do what you do and what your purpose is. And the benefits that came from it, I got connected through an agency. Again, something scary. That same six-month window of me doing Miss Ohio USA the first time, I got signed with an agency. And I did modeling. And by golly, had I been in a relationship or something, like I'm sure my significant other would have something to say about it. You know, maybe you know, it would be positive and your significant other would be like, yeah, that's great. But there's something to be said about being single and making those decisions yourself. You know, doing the scary stuff on your own, doing a pageant and saying, why not? Or signing up with a modeling agency and being like, I can do this. You know, not necessarily needing a cushion or a cheerleader behind you, but just doing it yourself. And then you do it and you defy the scariness and the statistics that say like doing something new in your late 20s is impossible. Like, no, all of that is crap. You are going to learn something about yourself in the process. So do something scary. Think about it. Get inspired. What is something that you have been putting off forever and forever and forever or you told yourself absolutely not or you've thought, the guy I'm talking to would make fun of me or my boyfriend wouldn't approve. Well, guess what? If you're single, who cares? It does not matter whatsoever. And you are making those decisions yourself, which is the only thing that matters. Periods in between. So doing something scary is really, really valuable and I could not recommend it more. Now, second I have is one of the most rewarding parts about being single. And this was building up my friend base. I've I've spoken on the podcast before, ways to meet friends, ways to identify friendships, ways to identify toxic friendships. I speak all the time about friends. Um, but it's because I'm so passionate about friends and the people I've brought into my life. And 
during that period of my life, 24, you know, before I met Austin especially, I had so much time to focus on my friendships. And you're never going to get that time back. And I realize that now, especially being in a serious relationship, my priorities are completely different. You know, I if I'm free, I want to see Austin or I want to spend time with Austin or we want to plan trips together or we want to save money together. That's different when you're single. You aren't planning your schedule around anyone. You aren't saving money for trips with anyone. You're just kind of living for you. And that is so amazing. Like You should live for you. You should do all the things. Like go enjoy that time. So you're going to look back and be like, wow, that was amazing. That was so fun. And you're going to love that chapter. I made the most amazing friends when I was single. And I've met awesome, awesome women now, like through relationships, through my boyfriend's friends, things like that. But those relationships when I single, like they really do stand the test of, of time and you grow through life together. And some friends, you know, maybe aren't the picture later, but I am just so grateful for the memories I was able to make. I mean, your weekends are free. So who are you spending time with? I My Fridays were reserved for the girls, especially my weekends, like Fridays and Saturdays. I mean, if you were going to take me on a date, you could take me on a date Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Like, you don't need to take me on a date on Friday. And guys would always be like, how's Friday? And I'm like, that's my time with my girls because they were the ones that were the priority at the time. And I love the memories I made with them. I mean, we went to trips um, to to Put-in-Bay, Ohio. It's an island out there. And, you know, I did weekend trips and trips across the country. I went to Iceland with my girlfriends. Like, I just planned all these amazing moments and memories with them. And, you know, I look back now and I can't help but just smile and love it and cherish it. And I really just didn't take it for granted. I didn't take that time, the maybe the extra income, those things you're not, you know, you're not saving for a wedding, you're not saving for a house, you're not saving for a future. You're like, oh, you know, I'm not in a relationship. So I can splurge a little bit and buy that ticket to Miami. Thank God that I did because those that time is so valuable. So please go out, meet people, connect with people, go to brunches, go to lunches, follow up because things will change later in your life and you can totally take advantage of that time. So next I have feeling sexy in your own skin. So that's it's a huge thing to focus on. That's number three. And feeling sexy in your own skin – is so empowering. And you hear that word all the time. You hear, oh, empowerment, women empowerment. What does that mean? But doing something for you, like you're taking care of your body or working out or just feeling confident in the skin you're in and loving what you're seeing in the mirror, doing that for yourself and not for a guy or not for a wedding or not for anything else but for you that is the biggest celebration. And I decided when I was single, I just kind of like, I don't know. I, I decided like I just wanted to start doing things for me. I wanted to be confident without a guy having to compliment me. I I came from a relationship, my college sweetheart, where my confidence depended a lot on what he told me. 
And when the compliments started slacking or he didn't say the right things, I would crumble. I would get really emotional. I'd get really upset. You know, I wanted to hear I'm beautiful. I wanted to hear I'm talented. I wanted to hear that I'm smart. I wanted to him to compliment my physical features. And I started just literally putting all of that on him, which partially that's my fault. That's unfair to expect your confidence to come from someone else. It shouldn't come from someone else. It should come from you. And so when I was single, I started thinking about like, okay, I don't have a guy to sit around and compliment me. I don't have a guy maybe texting me telling me I look beautiful. I didn't have followers. No one was commenting on my pics back then. No one was saying like, you look stunning, Kelly. So I was like, what is going to make me feel beautiful and feel confident? And I just started taking charge of my health. And um, 2017 is when I really decided to focus on the gym and eating healthy and changing the way I felt about myself when I looked at the mirror. There was I wasn't really like proud of my body. I was just kind of always like thin. I was like, yeah, cool. I'm skinny. Great. You know, let me go eat a hostess cupcake. But when I started focusing on my body and eating healthy and building muscle and taking control of what I was putting into it, I was like, dang, I look good. And I loved that feeling. And I loved that I was doing that for me. And, you know, even now, Austin compliments me and he's so sweet and he's so supportive. But I still work out three times a week for me. And I I could eat 100 Hostess cupcakes and 17 bags of Sour Patch candy and he would still be like, you look so beautiful. I love the extra layer around your belly. More to love. And I'm like, okay, shush. But I wouldn't feel my best. Like I love feeling, looking, being my best. And I don't need compliments from other people now to drive that. I know what I need to do to feel the most beautiful. And it comes from me first. So taking charge of this time, especially while you're single, to focus on that, that is going to pay dividends. And and then you're not going to let yourself go when you do get into a relationship. Because I think a lot of women, they bust their butt while they're single and they're hitting up every Orange Theory class known to man because they want to catch a guy and they want to look hot and they want to be in that bikini and they want to post the good Instagram photos and they want to have good photos for Tinder or whatever it is. But then when they get into a relationship, they're like, mm, I got him. No need to do it now. And so then they slide. And then that confidence is not lo- no longer coming from their heart and their mind and their soul. It's coming from alternate means. It's going to come from him. It's going to come from the public or something like that. And that's going to cause issues later because you're now projecting that confidence onto someone else. So take control of your body, take control of your health, go cleanse those cabinets. You got to do it. All right. Don't buy it. Don't buy the junk. I had to cleanse out my all my pasta, my cookie dough. I love cookie dough. Um, I was, you know, I had tubs of ice cream, um, lots of different kinds of cheeses. Like I had just crap in my fridge and my cabinets. I would buy processed lasagna and mac and cheese and all this really easy stuff to make at home. And then when I started taking control of my own body, I bought the healthy stuff and I started figuring out what I could cook because I couldn't even cook at the time. Um, and 
that made the biggest difference. You know, I had to have a conversation with Austin when I, we started dating because he like loves junk food, loves it. And it was like always around me. And I'm like, I need you to just stop ordering pizza for us or stop picking up burgers or like I need you to to join this train with me. And he figured out how much it meant for me and how my confidence was so different when I loved the way that I looked and the, the way that I felt. So let that start from within first because the confidence you're not depending on someone else for. All right. So reason number four is during this time of being single, when things aren't going your way and you don't know why and you're getting frustrated and you're saying Mr. Right doesn't exist. I've mentioned this before, but this really is your time to make that list of non-negotiables. Really assess what is working and what's not working and why. And you know, it's not don't immediately go to like, it's because I'm not pretty enough. It's because I'm not successful enough. It's not, it's that's not true. Um, I've had several guys ghost me. And at the time I was feeling like Gigi Hadid. You know, I felt like I was hot stuff. They didn't text me back. So clearly he just like wasn't my person. But I started thinking about like the dates that were electric and really vibed or the people I really connected to and the dates I couldn't run away from faster. And when you have those conversations with yourself, you're like, I think I'm starting to figure out more and more and more what I like and what works and what doesn't work. And that is why things happen so quickly with Austin and our emotions develop so fast for each other because I'd had those conversations so many times. Like I dated the A-type personalities and the problem with the A-type personalities, I mean, Austin is A-type personality, but in a way that really compliments me. So I dated... I needed a Marine, right? And his personality was very stubborn, very prideful. Um, That's more of what I mean by like his A-type. It didn't vibe with mine because I also very stubborn and prideful, but I also have a heart to, to be open and listen and communicate and be forgiving, that sort of thing. So I needed someone who wasn't going to be so stubborn and prideful and sometimes rude, right? Um, So I knew I was like, okay, I need an A-type personality that is driven. I really vibe with driven people um, who is focused on work, who, you know, has passion in what they do. And, you know, I needed that to be similar to mine because I felt the same way. But as I mentioned before, I, you know, I was getting involved in pageantry. I was competing in Miss Ohio. I was starting to figure out my brand on Instagram and how I wanted to impact people. Um, I was starting to model more and I just was getting involved with public speaking. I was doing all of these things and some guys would just be like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, you just, you just like don't get it, do you? Like you don't get what it's like to be motivated in other areas besides your career or by money. Like I'm motivated by influencing people and helping people. And, you know, I want women to discover their power or to feel empowered. Like that really drives me. And I love helping people in that way. And Austin actually on our very first date, it was interesting because he like brought up Instagram and he's like, so I see you're the really – involved with Instagram. And I'm like, 
what's funny about that is at the time I only had like 3000 followers or something, you know? So it's not like now where I treat it like a job. And I was like, yeah, what about it? And I didn't, I didn't know if he was suggesting like judgment or if he was just saying like, it's materialistic or something. I didn't know where he was going with that, but he was like, yeah. So just tell me about it. Like what, what's behind it? Like what drives it? Cause he's like, I don't really think about Instagram probably the way that you do. And so I was like, oh, okay. Open conversation, two-way communication. Love it. I said, yeah. So I um, am doing a bit of a social media project for the Navy and I want to establish a good platform for recruiting and I'm a medical recruiter and I'm you know, trying to prospect online and prove that it works. So I'm building my social media brand through my Lieutenant Hall account. Personally, I'm competing in Miss Ohio USA in November and a big part of that is building your brand and your presence and awareness for a topic that you're passionate about. I'm very passionate about empowering women and becoming a public speaker. And so that's really what drives my Instagram. And so I just want to influence people in a positive way. And he like sat there and I don't think he blinked the whole time. And he's kind of like, oh, wow. Uh, cool. <laughs> and, then, and then that was it. And he's been like so supportive ever since. But like I loved the fact that he was open to it. But like I had already established that, that was something that I needed in a partner. They were just going to have to get me, to be honest. Like they were just going to either they, – if they didn't get me right away, they were going to need to be supportive. Like now he gets it. He sees the behind the scenes. He was there for Miss California, USA, supporting me through Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. And I'm doing all these projects. But I think at first he was kind of like, I'm a little – like I'm a boy from Ohio, from a small town. Like what? <laughs> you know? Um, so he kind of just pressed the I believe button. But that was a quality I really needed. And that came from like assessing my conversations and the responses I was getting and the people I was talking to. And that took time. So you really need to take advantage of this time to start sorting through those non-negotiables and the things that you can and you cannot live without. The qualities that you're looking for in a partner. And it's going to streamline this dating process because you're not going to waste your time. Don't waste your time on guys who are not fitting into those non-negotiable categories. Instead, Spend it with your girlfriends because what did I say? Number two should be friends. You should be focusing on those relationships with your girlfriends and building those friendships up than guys who are just wasting your time because it's never really going to work. And I figured that out. I figured like, okay, cool. We'll have a relationship for six weeks and we'll text a ton and it'll be really fun and really great. But ultimately, I'm just going to find out that you're either judgmental or you don't get it or you don't really buy into it or our vibes like don't mesh together. Our interests don't mesh well. And so I was getting just quicker and quicker at picking those qualities out of guys who would be understanding or open-minded or supportive. And you can really tell early on um, and that that paid off. Obviously, I was able to identify those qualities in Austin very early on and that's what <laughs> kept me talking to him. Here we are now. Um, but thank God that I did. I had those conversations for a long, long time. I journaled. I reflected. I I just – I would communicate with my friends about what I liked and what I didn't like. And I listened to that intuition. And you're building that intuition over time. And I think on the, the note of intuition, like – through this process, you're becoming a whole person. 
you know, like you're really assessing what you want in life. You're doing the scary things. You're building the relationships with friends. You're setting those non-negotiables. You're having the hard conversations with yourself. You're preparing yourself to be as complete as possible when you do meet the person that will make you whole. And I'm being selective here about my wording because I don't think that they are your other half. Austin's actually not my other half. I am a complete whole person without Austin. But him in my life really fills me as a person. It makes me more whole than I could have ever imagined. But I was complete before him as well. And I think you start to have different perspective on your relationship when you realize you were already complete without them. But then meeting them makes you whole. Think about that for a second. Being complete. And that walks into my final note, top number five. I'd say of five things to focus on when dating is not going your way. You're going to think number five is probably a no-brainer, but still needs to be said because the theme throughout all of these things leads to number five, which is building confidence without a guy in the picture. I mean it. Without a guy commenting on all of your photos or without a guy messing you about what he wants or a guy influencing every little thing or just clear your mind, clear your thoughts, clear your roster, clear the influences and think, okay, I'm single. I'm independent. I'm able to have tough, reflective conversations with myself. And I should really take this time to assess what does and will make me a more confident person. And I think it's super powerful when you do this and you don't have those outside influences, those outside voices, guys saying whatever they want to say, and really just doing it for you. And in turn, that's going to make you even more attractive because you already were confident from the time you were single and you were alone and you were independent. But it's tough. Like it's so tough to be alone. And I sympathize with all the women out there, especially through this pandemic, who were alone or are taking time um, to remove themselves from the dating scene, whether it's for safety or just to reflect. And that is tough. It really, really is. But you are taking this time to reflect and to think about what I've told you, the the non-negotiables and what you want and doing something scary and putting yourself out there. And you're going to be so proud of the woman that you continue to become because when the time comes and your heart is ready for the right person, you are not going to be unsure. And you're going to say, this is who I am and this is who I want and this is what I want to do and this is the direction I'm headed and you're either going to hop on this train or you're going to get off at the next stop. That's a powerful, powerful feeling. 
you know, when I met Austin, I had already accepted my orders to Los Angeles. I was competing in Miss Ohio USA. I was, you know, pursuing a modeling career, had 10 amazing girlfriends I spent a lot of my time with. I already had these aspects of my life that I was super proud of and ready for. And, you know, when I had to tell him that I was moving to Los Angeles, I was like, this is it. This is what I'm doing. This is who I am. I'm driven. I'm career focused. This is where my life is going. And I'm not going to take any offense if you're not ready to be a part of that. And he was, I think, caught pretty off guard, but he said he, you know, you wanted to continue to see where things were going and that it didn't deter him from pursuing the relationship because of my commitment to my job and the move and the other things. But that made that conversation a lot less nerve-wracking because I was 100% sure of who I was at that point. And even now, I mean, who's really 100% sure, right? But you can be as prepared as possible. And I think that's what these steps are really helping you to do. Be prepared as possible for those challenging times ahead. When you do date, when you're getting ghosted, when you meet the right guy, whatever it is, you're not actually alone. And these steps are hard to apply. We're not really alone. It's a very, very empowering time to be alone and to reflect and to have the tough moments with yourself and figure out who you are. And when you do figure out what you want and who you are and what's going to be your future and what you what direction you want to head, the right person is going to come into your life when it's the right time and the right moment. And you're going to be so grateful that you spent all of this time working on you. And you are going to be a better partner because you worked on you. So I hope this helps. I just hope that you guys know there is more to being on this earth than meeting a guy and planning a wedding. You can pursue passions and you can pursue challenges and you can pursue businesses and you can pursue higher education and do the scary things and build relationships and travel. And this time is a time to do all the things. Thanks so much, guys. I hope that this helps you. I hope this helps encourage you for those who feel like you're in a bit of a slump There's no reason to feel like the mayor of Slumpsville. There's a lot to be focused on and a lot to celebrate. So thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Until next week, this is Kelly Hall with Misunderstood. Hey, world. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you have 10 seconds of your time, please consider going to rate my podcast on iTunes. You can find me on iTunes and Spotify and also follow me on Instagram at misunderstood.podcast or at Kelly Renee Hall. I love hearing from you guys. I love feedback, insight, and I appreciate you tuning in week by week. Thanks so much. And I appreciate you continuing to find out how we can get a better understanding of ourselves.